It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the one and only Landon McCool. You can find him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. I'm excited to talk about a group that's really in transition and, and on its way to being one of the best on the team, surprisingly. Yeah, maybe and maybe one of the deepest groups that we have on the entire roster. So coming up on today's show, we are continu- continuing our roster preview, uh, talking about the Cowboys cornerbacks. And let's go ahead and start with uh, a guy that we've talked about a lot in the show and a lot about his transition to cornerback, and that is Byron Jones. Uh, in the Cowboys' first OTA practices, uh, he was lined up as the Cowboys starting corner. I believe he was their right cornerback, correct? Uh, I, th- I, think I think so. That, I, I think, think that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what should we expect from Byron Jones in his first full year at cornerback in Chris Richard's defense? Well, well, I think first we need to talk about Chris Richard and, and the overall change at the position because I, I think it's not just that the idea that we have a, a young group and a, an exciting uh, coach who's come over and, and at the very least, you know, we don't really know what exactly we're getting out of uh, him, out of the, the, you know, more defensive coordinator uh, uh, kind of role that he's going to play in this defense as the defensive passing game coordinator but we do know that at the very least we're getting a very good um defensive back coach uh, to pair with our uh very young defensive back core and and i think part of what of, of that is is going to mean new techniques and 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 them doing things uh you know maybe different slightly different coverages or at least how they mix the coverages throughout the game those things are all going to change and so uh, and part of the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think that feeds into the conversation with Byron Jones because they they you know look this is a guy who first of all it's not like he hasn't played corner before I mean he played corner as much as he played safety in college and and sure, and, and he ended up playing corner at the end of college so uh, he you know he's familiar obviously with the position he played a little bit uh, he, they tried him a little bit at the spot when he first got here and it didn't exactly look as great as it did at times at safety and so that I th- but it wasn't bad no, it, it wasn't certainly bad. And, wasn't and I bad. think this, this is also my point is that this is also a different coach with a different techniques and and, and he's going to ask him to do different things uh and I think what Richard is going to ask him to do you know a, a lot more lining up on the outside hip a lot more funneling inside um, you know, uh, you know, he's gonna flip his hips and, and run with guys in one upfield, but but obviously he has the obviously he Byron Jones has the athleticism for that. Um, it, I think that what this does is this puts him uh, in a in a scheme that is gonna best fit what he will do well at cornerback uh, and minimize a lot of the things that maybe he didn't do as well. Which I think you know, for as ath- athletic as he was, he's not always. Uh, 
smooth in his transition at times. Uh, I think he's got really great quick feet, and he can change direction well, but flipping his hips uh, at times can be problematic. And I think if he's playing on the outside hip a little bit more and he's just turning his hips inside as opposed to having to do a full flip, I think that's what helps Richard Sherman a lot. Uh, even though he, Richard Sherman is not exactly the same athlete that Byron Jones is, no, no, no. But but I think along those lines, uh, it, you know, it, it's going to minimize the few issues that I think he has naturally at the position, especially as a press corner. And I think that uh, he's going to have uh, the potential to be really special there. You know, I think he's, he, they're going to let his athleticism shine. Uh, and having an, uh, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but having big physical corners on the outside uh, is is has a lot of you know, benefits outside of just disrupting the, the pattern early on in, in, in the coverage. Yeah, one of the things I think is funny about Byron, and you can agree or disagree with me, but I actually thought his best play uh, came when he was guarding smaller receivers. Uh, I remember the game he played against Green Bay where he was covering Randall Cobb uh, out of the slot, and he did a fantastic job on that. Uh, but when you ask him to cover some of the bigger tight ends, I know he's struggled with, with Zach Ertz in the past. It seems like he has a little bit more problems there. So if you line him up on the outside and he has to play against, you know, the smaller receivers of the league like Antonio Brown and, you know, those type of guys, I actually think he'll be okay there. I'm just curious to see how he handles the bigger, more physical receivers such as Julio Jones um, and Mike Evans. So any quick comments on that? I, I think he's going to do great with those guys because I think okay. I, I think those size guys are actually closer to the size guys that he of uh, tight ends that he didn't struggle with. I think you know when you look at the kind of guys that he uh, tight ends that he did play well against. And look, I think he did great against most tight ends. It's just when if he's not going to get if he, if they're not going to call offensive pass interference on these guys on him, he's got no chance. You know because because they will. I mean they're just bigger than him, so they will just physically push him out of the way and if they if he's not going to get calls for that there's really not a ton he could do you know especially at the red zone when all it takes is one little shove off and he's he's gone so i think with guys like you know you talk about the Alshon Jeffries or the Mike Evans or you know these bigger guys i i think those are more appropriately sized for him and you know with his athleticism He's still strong. He, those guys aren't don't have the ability to push off on him. It's the 245, 250 pound guys that are you know blocking defensive ends that you know they've been muscling defensive ends. They can they can you know throw a Jones off with an elbow, no problem. All right, and let's go ahead and move on to maybe one of my favorite players on the entire team, uh, Chidobi Awuzie. Uh, last year, he kind of got off to a shaky start after he was nursing a hamstring injury. Uh, the Cowboys were kind of moving him all around. He took snaps at outside corner, slot corner, free safety, strong safety, uh, linebacker. And they, it really wasn't until the second half of the year, really in the Washington game, that he found a home as an outside cornerback. Uh, I, I know we talk about Byron and his athleticism a lot. But we can't forget about Awuzie. That's a 97.7 percentile athlete. Uh, I mean, a fantastic 132-inch broad jump, 4.43 speed at six foot, 202 pounds. The one thing he doesn't have uh, is the wingspan. He only has 30 and 5.8 5.8 inch arms, um, so he's not really long. But this is a really athletic, 
physical player that you can play all over your defense. So tell me what you expect from Chidobi Awuzie in year two. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that's really great about Awuzie is that if he continues to kind of be that left corner and sees a lot more of the kind of Z receiver, I think that's really going to, again, kind of mitigate some of the issues that he may have with his length. Um, I think because he's going to go against guys who – uh, it's going to need to be more about his feet anyways because he's not going to get that immediate press on the line of scrimmage like he would if he's going against the X receivers. Uh, and I think that you know he, it, those guys, are. it's all about speed and quickness, and I think that plays a lot more to what Awuzie does well, especially for a guy his size. I mean, he moves incredibly well for a guy uh, who's six foot, 200 pounds. So, um yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I mean, I, I think we're going to see, we're, we're, we're going to talk about this again. Y- young, athletic player, uh, looks like he's got a ton of upside. It feels like he's found a home at left corner. Um, obviously, it seems like the Cowboys have kind of kept him in that spot, which is great. Um, I, I, you know, the sky is the limit with this guy. I mean, I, I think with both these guys, Byron Jones and Awuzie, we don't really know what to expect next year from them, you know, and for different reasons. I think one, Lucy's going into his second year. You get that kind of second year jump that you're expected. And apparently this guy has just been in the locker room nonstop. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, with that kind of situation, you always expect a big jump. Um, so I think with that, that you'll see some obviously improvement with the Lucy and then with Byron Jones, we just don't know what, to expect with him playing corner full time. So, but I, again, I think this is one of the interesting things about this group as opposed to other spots is that there's a lot of unknown in this spot in this in this group. But there's a lot of great answers to the questions. You know, there's there's a lot of of, of optimism and positivity about the what could happen as opposed to you know kind of sucking in through your teeth and not knowing. Sure. What, I think I think this the solutions look a lot clearer. It's more of just how it's going to fall into place. They've got more than enough talent to get the job done in this room. And I think you don't need to look any further than the first two guys that we mentioned. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Jordan Lewis. Uh, Lewis was, you know, had a, a really interesting entire year last year. He had the false accusation of the domestic violence. It was dropped in court in July, but we know that probably we moved him down at least a full round in the draft. The Cowboys uh, picked him up in the third round. He battled a hamstring injury almost right after he was uh, acquitted of his uh Domestic violence. I, I think it was the next practice. He pulled his hamstring, mm-hmm. missed all of training camp, missed all of the preseason, missed the first game of the season. Came into the Denver game, um, and I think he had an interception in that game, if I if I remember correctly. But uh, you know, kind of struggled in the second half of that game. Uh, took a couple of weeks for him to you know get his legs underneath him, um, and then you know started to really perform well. Um, but in OTAs last week. Uh, the Cowboys actually had him on the second unit with Anthony Brown starting inside as the slot corner. What do you anticipate happening for Jordan Lewis in 2018? Well, you, you and I, you know, we're having a conversation before the before the show, you know, talking about how deep this class is, and you know, if you were looking to move someone off, uh, you know, to get something some value out of how you know how many of these guys you have and. The likelihood that you're either going to have to cut or move away one of these guys in order to, you know, make the 53-man roster fit, uh, you know, Lewis was one of the names that came up just because, as far as what Richard is looking for and height, and, uh, you know, he, the, Lewis is is 
not exactly that, but and and I and again, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think you know he you could get some serious some, something serious in return. You could ask something serious in return for a, a guy who is a starter level cornerback in the NFL on a third round deal with three years left to go on the deal. Like that's 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 got serious. Uh, you know, trading potential. Uh, I mean, you know, not like superstar trading potential, but you could get something uh, very good for that. I think because you're getting a, a bargain at the very least. You know, sure. Uh, but is there is there just a chance that he doesn't fit Chris Richard's you know mold of cornerback? Yes, there is that chance. But but what I was going to get to is that I, I think that that could happen, but I don't. That's not what I think is going to happen. I do think that what's going to happen is that we're going to get into OTAs, we're going to get into training camp, and Jordan Lewis is just going to start balling out, and and, it, oh, and he's agree. going yeah. to take that slot position right back uh, from from Anthony Brown. I, I look, I like Anthony Brown, and I think that Anthony Brown uh, has value. I think he's getting deference because he's a veteran. Um, you know, I, I think that there's you know a couple different reasons why he's getting some uh, a, a little bit more opportunity there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think they love Jordan Lewis. I think you know, uh, you know, Richard went out of his way to point out that Lewis was the exception to the rule there. Um, and I think that you know, this, in a lot of ways, that you know, that the, if you want to look past Awuzie's length with his height, I think you can look past Awuzie, uh, Lewis's height with his length. You know, I, I think that yeah. he's got really long arms and and he uses them well. So I, I think that. Uh, I, for one, am one of the people that believes that he can play both inside and outside. I think it, I, you have brought it up several different times that you think he plays better on the outside than he does mm-hmm. on the inside. And and I think that, you know, I think he should be given that opportunity to play all those spots. And I, I think he has value for this team. And the Cowboys will use him appropriately uh, if he if he stays on this team, which, I again, that's what I think is going to happen is that he ends up taking that third corner spot uh, and just doesn't let it go. As much as I like Byron Jones and I applaud them for the transition of moving him to corner, it wouldn't surprise me if Lewis is just better as an outside cornerback this year. It, it really well, wouldn't. Well, I mean, Lewis how just, crazy would it be? I mean, if we're talking about a nickel be, being the starting defense here, right? I, I mean, sure. how bad of uh, how uh, how much of a good idea could it possibly be to, to want Byron Jones as your nickel player, as your as your slot corner? I think I, I think there's. Some I actually think there. that makes. I think that makes more sense because, like I mentioned before, I think Byron does really well in the yeah. slot covering those quicker. And guys. I think, look, I mean, there's a lot. I'll present a couple other reasons why you could do that. One, you you could it would make for a lot more positional value if you wanted to use that guy to cover tight ends when he's when tight ends split off. You could it could make that just a lot simpler for you know matchup situations because that's the other thing you don't really know what kind of player is going to end up playing in the slot. You kind of have an idea what kind of player is going to end up playing on the outside, outside the numbers. But in the slot, you could get almost anyone. So right. it, it might be more helpful to have a the most athletic of your of your corners in that position, just to be ready for every eventuality. You also get a guy who could come in and blitz. Uh, you know, from that spot at his size, could be a real super dangerous blitzer. I kind of wonder if they don't end up trying to go this route. I thought about this a lot as well. Is that Look, I mean, if you really wanted to try to get everyone in their best spots, maybe that means a little bit of Jordan Lewis on the outside and and Byron Jones uh, playing in the slot. 
Yeah, I can see. It. I mean, they're gonna they have a lot of different combinations because I you know we're gonna talk about Xavier Woods uh, on a different show, but I really like Xavier yeah. Woods down in the box covering you know receivers too. So they have a lot of different combinations, and it could totally be dependent on which type of receivers in the slot. Is it a bigger guy like Larry Fitzgerald? Or is it a smaller guy like a Cole Beasley? I mean, obviously not Cole Beasley, but a, like a Cole Beasley. So um, we will see. Uh, I want to talk about Anthony Brown. You brought him up. Uh, I, I like Brown in certain roles. I think he's a zone-heavy cornerback. If you keep him out of man coverage, uh, I think you can do see him play really well. Uh, they used him a lot in the outside last year, and he kind of struggled. He just doesn't have great quickness, and he doesn't flip his hips very well. But if you keep him looking at the quarterback and looking at the football, he can make a lot of plays. So talk to us about Anthony Brown and what you expect in year three from him. Well, what you want in in zone players are smart players who trust their eyes and play fast, and and uh, and they're tough and, and physical, and, and that's that's what Anthony Brown is. Where where he has issues is I think when he his back is to the ball. And he feels like he's, you know, in man cover, and he's, and he's in man coverage. He's back to the ball, and he, and, he, and he feels like he's losing position, or I think he loses. Uh, he doesn't have great feel for where the receiver is all the times, and I, so I think he gets really grabby, you know. And that's and that's where I agree. Yep, that's where that's where the problem lies. So, so I think, you know, I agree that you know this is a kind of a situation again where Richard's coming in. There, there's a chance that we are going to see. Even more zone coverage, um, and I think that that's going to help a guy like Anthony Brown. Um, but I also agree that I think that his best work is probably done um, in the slot. Uh, but I also think that you're also going to get a lot of really good special teams work out of this uh, this guy because I think as you start to see the kickoff rules change a little bit, they're going to become more like punt coverage situations than they will be the kickoff. I think. Uh, and and with that kind of personnel, you're talking about wanting to have more defensive backs, more safeties, more linebackers on the field uh, on your team because you want to, in order to kind of make up that difference in special teams. And I think Anthony Brown will be one of those guys who uh, he'll give you good slots when you need him on, in the defense as that fourth corner at times. Uh, maybe if someone gets injured, he's he's a very capable backup. Um, uh, in certain spots, and I think he gives you a, a lot of a lot of benefits in special teams because he's uh, he's physical and, and he can he can really really run. I think Brown is like your perfect fourth cornerback yeah. in today's NFL because he can play the slot. We know that he can play outside, or at least he has experience in the outside. He's got experience on special teams. Uh, I don't think you could ask for a better cornerback number four. Um, now this is where it gets interesting because we know what the top four is. It's going to be that, you know, those four guys in some order, Byron Jones, Ouzier, Lewis Brown. After those four, there's a lot of questions, um, and, and uh, good questions because we believe there's a lot of talent among these groups. So I've got five guys that I want to try to go to quickly and try to cover. Um, and let's go ahead and start with Marquez White. Uh, Marcus White was a cornerback that the Cowboys drafted last year in the sixth round. Uh, excellent size for Chris Richard, six foot, one hundred ninety-four pounds. Uh, he's got above-average arm length, a great wingspan. Uh, you can play him near the line of scrimmage. He's not afraid to make tackles. He can find the ball in the air. His problem is he's not a great athlete. Uh, he doesn't flip his hips very well. But with a year sticking on the Cowboys practice squad, maybe some of that stuff improved. Uh, do you think Marquez White could find himself on the roster this year? Oh yeah, I absolutely do. Um, I think, uh, and I actually was—we were just talking about this before uh, 
we got on the podcast. I, I, I actually just did a 53-man roster just to kind of see, you know, what it is we're talking about, how hard this would be. And uh, he was my fifth corner. Um, uh, I had them taking, keeping five, and he was my fifth guy. And I think that um, Marquez White has an opportunity this season to really uh, play a lot of snaps. I mean, for a guy that was a late round pick last year, um, who didn't even make the team, you know, I, I think he could come in here, especially again uh, under the influence of Chris Richard and, and the kind of situation that he wants to play with here. Um, and and really uh, shine and have some success because I think he is exactly the kind of player uh, that 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 Rashard wants on the outside. I mean, I th- he reads like a uh, Richard Sherman starter kit for God's sakes. I mean, yeah, he, I mean he, he ran a very similar forty yard forty yard dash out of college, similar kind of builds, long arms, tall, you know, a big guy, physical. I mean, he's a, but he moves well. I mean, he, he's he's he didn't have great forty-yard time, but he, he's he's good in short area spaces. He's you know clearly got bas- He's a basketball player, and he clearly shows that with his uh, uh, you know kind of uh, short area fluidity. Um, I was gonna say he's a smooth yeah, athlete. Very he's smooth. not a great athlete, no, no. but he's very smooth. No, yeah, and I I think you know he, he he gets to his top speed very quickly. It's just that his top speed isn't isn't very fast. So I, I think that that to me screams zone corner, and I think again. Uh, you, you talked about it. To me, his biggest weakness is flipping his hips and then getting up, running up the field. But if you're asking him to cover that outside hip, if you're asking him to funnel everything inside and zone, that becomes a lot easier because you're not really you're doing more of a side gallop, you know. And so, I, I think that you know there's there's real opportunity for a guy like Marquez White to see sig- significant snaps. I, I think, and 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 uh, and maybe you know really kind of force the issue for uh, maybe maybe a potential starting spot not next season but maybe the season after that you know uh, is is there uh, a chance that uh, you know with with Byron Jones he got his, his his deal picked up for one more year but is there an opportunity for Marquez White to uh, potentially uh, you know take that job from him or or make that you know signing not so a uh, re-signing I guess uh, not such a uh, a done deal Another guy that we liked a lot during the preseason last year, and I think he got hurt at the end of train or at the end of the preseason, if I remember correctly, is Duke Thomas, the cornerback out of Texas. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent um, out of the 2016 draft, was signed by the Texans. Uh, the Cowboys ended up signing him in 2017. Uh, I I really liked his I really liked the way he played. Uh, he's an average athlete, you know, nothing special about him. But man, he seemed like he was around the ball all the time. I you noticed him uh, getting in passing lanes. You notice his length. Um, is this a guy that is probably going to be competing with Marquez White for a spot? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't even know that he is. Like, I I think I think that uh, I think Duke Thomas is going to be one of those guys who probably ends up on another team because I just I, and he's certainly good yeah, enough. He's certainly I mean, good no, enough to be on I, the roster. I agree, and I think that he'll he'll just be. One of those guys who they'll be like, "Look, we like you a lot. I just we just don't know that you're fitting what we're doing anymore, and we've just got too much invested in too many other guys." Uh, you know, I and look, I think it's a good deal for Duke because he spent a whole you know off season in a you know in a in the Cowboys training situation. So you know he he got you know a good deal in the off season to you know get a get a spot to work out in and, and get you know some money. 
but I think at the end of the day, with with the change in the coaching staff, I think he he is likely to be uh, one of the casualties of of a scheme change situation where, you know, he he is good enough with his athleticism with with his level of athleticism, which you, like you mentioned is not you know elite by any matter, and his size. Uh, to to kind of make it in a scheme where he fits, and I I just don't know that he fits in the scheme, and that that's going to be problematic for him. He he won't surprise me if he's a guy that gets flipped, you know, before yeah. fifty three man rosters are official sure. for a defensive tackle or an extra linebacker or something like that, because he's good enough to be on somebody's team. Absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some of the Cowboys' undrafted free agents. I think the one that the people are most excited about is Cameron Kelly out of San Diego State. Uh, he was a he was really a safety over the last couple of years uh, for San Diego State. Another long, uh, athletic uh, guy. Does didn't run super fast. Ran a four five five, but at six foot two, two hundred and four pounds, with his production, uh, with his physicality and his ability to come up in the to run support um, and really tackle well. I think people are picturing him as a guy that you know with Chris Richard. If you could develop him for a couple years, maybe stash him on the practice squad for a year, you might have something here. So, uh, you told me pre-show you have some notes on Kelly. Let's hear him. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I to me he looks like he's this year's Marquez White. You know, like he's a guy that I think should end up on the practice squad, um, and I think it, you know they'll he'll come into next year as a guy that we're all excited about to come in and compete. You know, and I, I think he, he's got all those tools that they want, long arms, he's tall, um, He's plays the ball well in the air. I mean, I didn't think he was quite as physical as I'd like for a player his size. I think he needs to work a little bit on his tackling form because I saw him diving a lot at legs. Um, but I also think that this is a guy, he looks like a puppy, you know, where he's like, he's got all these, he's got big paws and he doesn't really know completely what he's doing. So I, I think... But but he's, the tools are all, all there to the point where you know he was making plays and uh, specifically I watched a, a uh, was it yeah Stanford golly in the Stanford mm-hmm. game he I, I think he had two sacks one of which he forced a fumble and recovered and then the game ceiling interception um, where I mean to be fair the, the Stanford quarterback just threw the ball it was like a punt with his arm but 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 at the same time you know Kelly went up and got the ball at the high point so like I said I think he's got all these tools and I think they're worth developing uh I, I think he's a perfect practice squad guy all right let's go ahead and talk about these last two really quickly uh Donovan Alumba uh cornerback from Portland State another Chris Richard type of uh guy six foot two 192 pounds uh not a bad athlete. You look at like his jumps and his three cone and twenty yard shuttle, all pretty good. But he ran a four six two at his pro day. Um, you know, strong lower body. He is really really physical. He's not afraid to to jam guys at the line of scrimmage. And then the other guy that I'll mention real quick is Charvarius Ward from uh, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, you look at his numbers, and I mean they jump off the screen four four four. A uh, 40 yard dash, 171, 10 yards, but 37 and a half inch vertical, uh, uh, 11 foot broad jump. Everything's great at six foot one, 198, uh, but a three cone of 752 is pretty awful uh, for a guy that's sub 200 pounds. Uh, but a guy, again, another cornerback that's long, that has a lot of college production, uh, pretty raw in terms of his ability. He had just 10 career starts. Um, and he, pl- he played at a community college for a couple of years, but 
you know, we mentioned Cam Kelly as a guy that could potentially be this year's Marquez White, Alumba Ward, two guys that are probably going to play a lot in training camp in the preseason that could develop into, you know, guys that stash on the practice squad or maybe by the end of the year um, become, you know, guys that jump up on the 53-man roster. So any quick notes on Ward or Alumba? Are you good to move on? I'm good. You're good. All right. Again, we just went through nine cornerbacks, and I think all nine of these guys can play. Uh, I, I don't think they all can start, but I mean, you're talking about probably the deepest spot on the roster. So let's go ahead and rank it. Uh, would you say this is a dominant group? Uh, is it solid? Does it need work, or is it a uh, a massive crater on this team? <clears throat> well, I mean, I I think it's. Solid on its way to dominant. I mean, I think it's. I think it's. You could say dominant, but I just think that there's such a high level of unknown there. Um, but I mean, look at how deep it is. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like you've got starting level players three deep, uh, and then I think you know beyond that, you may have a couple other guys who on some other teams would be definitely playing serious serious snaps, a lot more snaps than they probably are on on our team. So. I think, especially when you consider the the, the scheme change and everything, uh, you know, just because we just because we don't have any confirmation yet, it's hard to say dominant. But uh, that's really the only thing that is uh, stopping me from from you know calling this group dominant. Because I think you know, maybe maybe there's not uh, a marquee players essentially yet on this team, but there's a lot of young uh, up and coming talent which. Uh, 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 you know, you've already seen some good returns for it, so I think it's going to be interesting to see exactly where this group lands. Uh, and I would agree with you. I would say it's a solid group. I I am a little nervous about the youth. Uh, typically, I love youth at all the positions, but this is a spot where I mean, who is your most experienced cornerback? Is it Anthony Brown in his third year? Um, it, I, I think this group needs a veteran. Um, you know, they probably need that Brandon Carr type, but I don't see where he's going to fit on the roster with, you know, the, the amount of cornerbacks they have. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they take a lot of lumps early in the season. Uh, but by the end of the year, it's a totally different looking group, uh, playing with a lot of confidence, but the youth just makes me a little bit nervous, but again, really, really excited about this group. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at BenCoolBTB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 